Canto 11, Chapter 3 Liberation from Maya and Karma, Knowing and Worshipping the Lord The Honorable King Nimi said, My lords, please tell us about the illusory potency of the Supreme Lord Vishnu. We would like to understand that what bewilders even the great mystics. We enjoyed the nectar of your talks about Lord Hari, but we are not yet satisfied by that antidote against the pain a mortal experiences being tormented by the misery of samsara. Sri Antariksha said, The soul of all living beings, evolved by means of the elements of the greater creation, all creatures high and low, O mighty Iron One, so that they, the original person's own parts and parcels, could be successful with the choice between the sense objects and the true self, the soul. Having entered the living beings that thus were created with the help of the five gross elements, and having divided himself as the one witness to the ten senses of perception and action, he was pleased to engage them in a life with the modes of nature. The living being, that by the Supreme Soul was given a life with the modes, enjoys those modes and consequently takes this created body for the true self as also himself for the master and thus becomes entangled. The proprietor of the body is because of the sense-motivated actions, driven by desires and engaged in different karmic fruitive activities from which he reaps the different fruits and thus he moves through this world in both a state of happiness and the contrary thereof. This way, by his karma reaching destinations that bring him a lot of things that are not so good, the living being, till the end of time, helplessly experiences birth and death. When the dissolution of the material elements is near, the Lord, in the form of time that is without a beginning or an end, withdraws the manifest universe consisting of the gross objects and subtle modes back into the unmanifest. There will be a terrible drought on earth that lasts for a hundred years, so that the three worlds during that period will be seriously scorched by the accumulated heat of the sun. Beginning from the lower regions, the fire, with its flames fanned by the winds shooting upwards from the mouth of Sankarsana, will burn all directions. Great masses of Sambartaka clouds will rain for a hundred years with torrents as long as elephant trunks, so that everything will be inundated. O King, the universe will thereupon, like a fire running out of fuel, be abandoned by the personality of the universal form, as he, in the form of Brahma, enters the subtle reality of the unseen. The earth by the wind, deprived of its aroma, changes back into water, and the water, by the same process of the wind being deprived of its taste, becomes fire again. Fire, by darkness deprived of its quality its form, turns into air, and the air, losing its quality of touch, dissolves into the ether. When the sky, the ether, by the supreme soul of time, is deprived of its quality of sound, it merges into the ego of not knowing. The senses, the mind and the intelligence, O King, 
merge together with the gods representing the emotions into the ego element, and the eye awareness merges together with all its guna qualities into the Supreme Self. After this, for you having described the three departments of this bewildering energy, this agent of the Supreme Lord consisting of maintenance, creation and dissolution, characterized by goodness, passion and ignorance, what would you like to hear more from us? The Honorable King said, O great sage, please tell how even materialistic people with ease may overcome this material energy of the Lord that is so unsurpassable for those lacking in self-control. Sri Prabhuda said, One should see that people who live as husband and wife, with their endeavors to lessen the distress and to gain in happiness, achieve the opposite result. What happiness can one expect from the unsteadiness of having a home, children, relatives, domestic animals and the heart to acquire wealth which always gives distress that mean death to the soul? Know that the idealized world for which one thus settles is founded upon fruit of labor, cannot be sustained and is characterized by matters like a loss of behaving properly in groups of equals and with superiors. Someone eager to know about the highest good should therefore take shelter of a spiritual master who resides in the supreme tranquility of the absolute truth and is also well versed in the conclusions of the Vedas. With the Guru as one's soul and worshipable deity, one should learn the signs of devotional service by which, free from illusion being of faithful service, the Supreme Soul can be satisfied who bestows his own self. One should, first of all, detach the mind from everything and properly, with mercy, friendship and reverence for all living beings, cultivate association with devotees. That entails inner and outer cleanliness, penance, tolerance and silence, scriptural study, simplicity, celibacy, non-violence and equanimity concerning the known opposites. In solitude, without attachment to a fixed residence, wearing old rags and satisfied with anything, one should with the Lord constantly kept in mind meditate upon the omnipresent true self. With faith in the scriptures about the Supreme Lord and not blaspheming other scriptures, one should with respect for the truth and with one's mind, speech and activities strictly controlled, be innerly peaceful and master one's senses. Hearing, chanting and meditating the incarnations, pastimes and qualities of the Lord whose activities are all wonderful, one must do everything for His sake. Whatever worship, charity, penance, japa or piety one performs, everything held dear, one's wife, sons, home and very life heir, one should dedicate to the Supreme. In rendering service to both the moving and non-moving living beings, one must be of friendship with the common man as also with the devotees, the great souls who accepted Krishna as the Lord of their heart. By the glories of the Lord, one may find in mutual discussions, in being attracted to each other, in pleasing one another and in one's together putting an end to material activities, the purification of one's relation with the soul.
remembering him and reminding one another, the bhakti unto the Lord who puts an end to the chain of sins, because of that devotion leads to an awakening whereby the body responds with goosebumps. Sometimes one cries by the thought of a chuta. Sometimes one laughs or takes great pleasure or speaks, acts wondrously, dances and sings and sometimes one following the example of the unborn one is freed from distress and becomes silent while attaining the Supreme. Thus learning about the Bhagavata Dharma and taking lessons from the consequent bhakti, someone aimed at Narayana will easily overcome the Maya that is so difficult to defeat. The Honorable King Nimi said, Please, all of you expert knowers of the Supreme, be so kind to speak to us about the transcendental position of the Supersoul of the Absolute Truth that is associated with the name of Narayana. Sri Pepalayana said, O King, know that the Supreme gives life. It is that on the basis of which these senses, the life air, and the minds of the bodies of all living beings are moving. It constitutes the cause without cause of the creation, destruction and maintenance of this universe that exists in the state of wakefulness, in the dream state and in the unconscious state as also external to these states of consciousness. This supreme truth cannot be covered by the mind, by the faculties of speech, sight, intelligence, the life air or by the senses just as a fire cannot be covered by its own sparks. Not even the Vedic word may express it, for the Vedas deny that the Supreme Self can be expressed in words. It can only be achieved by indirect expressions, by words that refer to that without which there would be no ultimate purpose to the scriptural restrictions. In the beginning being one, it thereafter became known as the threefold of goodness, passion and ignorance of the gunas that is associated with the power to act and the power of consciousness of the eye-awareness that one calls the individual living being, the jiva, the individual soul. Assuming the forms of spiritual knowledge, the gods, actions of the senses and their objects and good and bad results, it thus possesses a great variety of energies. It is the Supreme alone that, as the Absolute Truth or Brahman, is manifest beyond both the relative of the gross and the subtle. This soul, never born and never dying, grows nor decays. It is the knower of the stages of life of the living beings that are subjected to change. That soul, omnipresent and everlasting, which is pure consciousness, became many jivas, just as the one life-air by the power of the senses resulted in a variety of vital forms. With beings that originated from eggs, with embryos, with plants, and with that what is difficult to discern in moisture, the vital air accompanies the same individual soul from one life-form to the other just as the self, apart from the thought process, invariably stays the same with a memory restoring when one awakens from a deep sleep in which the ego and the senses had merged. When one desires the feet of him with the lotus navel, 
the dirt in the heart that was generated by the modes of nature and the fruit of action is cleansed away by the power of bhakti. After one then is purified completely, the truth of the soul is directly realized just as the rising sun becomes visible to the naked eye. The Honorable King said, Please explain to us the Karma Yoga by which a person, being purified in this life, quickly gets rid of his fruitive actions and, freed from karmic reactions, achieves the Supreme. In the presence of my father, I, in the past, asked the sages, the Kumaras, a similar question, but the sons of Brahma did not reply. Can you speak about the reason for this? Sri Avirotra replied, Right action, non-action and wrong action, karma, akarma, vikarma, are Vedic subject matters, not a worldly subject. And since Vedic knowledge comes from the Lord himself, even such great enlightened souls easily get confused about this matter. Offering guidance to ignorant human beings, the Vedas, in covered terms prescribe material activities, duties, to be freed from karma, the way one also prescribes a medicine. Someone ignorant, who has not subdued his senses and fails to do what the Vedas say, will by his lack of dharma, following a wrong course of action, achieve death time and again. When one, according to what the Vedas prescribe, without attachment, performs and sacrifices for the sake of the Supreme Lord, one will certainly achieve the perfection that, to raise interest, is put in terms of fruitive results. Someone who quickly wants to cut the knot of attachment in the heart that binds the soul to the body, should, with respect for the regulative principles, the Vidi, worship Lord Keshava, as also study the Divine as described in the supplementary Vedic literatures. Having obtained the mercy, the initiation of the teacher of example, the Acharya, who shows him what is handed down by tradition, the devotee should worship the Supreme Personality in the particular form he prefers. Cleansed, sitting in front of his idol, with a concentrated mind controlling his breath and such, and purifying the body by invoking his protection in renunciation, he should worship the Lord. With all available ingredients, he, that too, prepares himself in his heart and mind. He takes the deity and everything belonging to it, as also the items to be offered, and sprinkles the floor and the place to sit. He prepares the water for the sacrifice and attentively puts the deity in its proper place. He draws sacred marks on his heart and the other parts of his body. Next, he is of worship with the appropriate mantra. With the mantras belonging to him, he should be of worship for each particular deity and its limbs, his special features and his associates. Presenting the worship in every respect as is enjoined, with water for his feet, scented water to welcome, water for the mouth and for bathing and such, with clothing, ornaments, fragrances, necklaces, unbroken barley corns, and with garlands, incense, lamps and such offerings, he should bow down to the Lord with reverence and prayer. Absorbing himself in that activity, he should, thus meditating, 
fully be of worship for the murti of the Lord. Then, taking the remnants to his head, he should put him respectfully back where he belongs. He who thus worships the Lord, the Supreme Soul, who is present in the fire, the sun, the water, and so on, as also in the guest and in one's own heart, will soon be liberated. <laughs>